us. I'm Nicole, I'm the mom. And I'm Mira, and I'm the daughter. And this is Adulting But Not Grown Up. It is. Yes. So Mira's been a little under the weather for the last few weeks, which is why we've not recorded anything. Yep. The summer makes me feel like I'm dying. <laughs> Maybe you should move somewhere that's not so weather extreme. Um, I was thinking just somewhere that's a lot more like climate controlled, well, you yeah. know, like very standard, you know? Ecuador. Spring all year. Um, I actually was, uh, found out today that there's this tiny little island off of Ireland that's like three miles by five miles. It's literally a teeny little island. Mm. And they, like, really desperately want people to move there because almost no one lives there and there's, like, under 500 residents and it's just been, like, steadily dropping since, like, the 19th century kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And now they have, like, you know under 500 people are living there and they're like if anyone from the u.s or australia or whatever like wants to come live here you can do that kind of thing like they want people to come and live there and they're like you know if you don't want to be a fisherman or a farmer this probably isn't for you but if you're a remote worker come here (laughs) and what's the weather like there well ireland is like cool a lot of the year but usually not, like, snowy, right? Especially, like, island nations. Those are usually not, like, nine feet of snow. I'm just... One of your eyebrows is a lot darker blue than the other eyebrow. And it's distracting me. I did do them several hours ago. Okay, well, I think you might have slept on one of them or something. There's two different colors of powder on them, so there's a good chance that over, like, the 12 hours that I've had my eyebrows done today... One came off. One of the colors has been rubbed off. Okay. Just, just saying. It um, happens. So, I've been... It's like 11 p.m. I'm allowed to have weird eyebrows right now. It, it is. <laughs> late. And, uh... Lady who's, like, wearing pajamas and has, like, Whoville hair when I walk in. Hello! <laughs> off of the couch. Okay. <laughs> yeah, mock my eyebrows. Whatever, lady. <laughs> um, so, would you like to hear about my animal stories lately okay so the first one was all right i went down to the laundry room to do Mm -hmm. some laundry and the laundry room is in in the basement and there's a door that opens off the basement to like the bottom of the stairwell yeah like a little little cemented in stairs and stuff a little basement well so i look down and there's like an empty laundry basket on the floor with a massive spider in it Okay. And it's scrambling frantically trying to like get up high enough to get out of one of the slats. And it's too slippy. Yeah. And I'm like, bleh. So I decided I would be brave and just like pick up the laundry basket and, and flick it out the back door. Flick it, yeah. I open the back door and there's a freshly killed bird <laughs> by the cat. So I put the laundry basket back down with the spider in it and then told my husband that he needed to deal with either the spider or the dead bird before I could do the laundry. Either. <laughs> so then, like, I don't know, a couple of days after that, I'm in the laundry room again. He did get rid of the spider. And I opened the door to let the cat out, and there's just, like, a head left <laughs> the dead bird. <laughs> and it's got ants crawling all oh, over no. it. And the cat is frantically trying to shove it in her mouth. No. Oh, and all I can think is, you like to lick my face. And so I'm, like, yelling at her, like, shoo, shoo, get away from the dead anti, like, ants on a dead bird. I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, 
worms, I get, but they're mad. Oh no, ants are like always all over dead birds. Have you never gotten close enough to a dead bird to see ants swimming on it? It's gross. So Well, welcome to being a child in rural Canada. So I kept trying to like pick the cat up and like shove her like away from the bird and she was just like frantic to get to the dead bird so I just had to close the door so I couldn't watch what was going to go on because I knew what was going to go on. I knew it was going to happen. And then she's going to come and lick my face. I just face, didn't want to watch. Want to snuggle with me yep. and rub her face all Fair over enough. my face. <laughs> then the dog. Um, okay, so the litter box for the cat is in the downstairs bathroom. I come out of, and, and I've got the kind of cat litter that's like the shredded newspaper. Yeah. And so... I come out of my bedroom and my entire living room, which is upstairs, is covered, like the whole room, with all this stuff in it. And I was like, what is this? It's like there's little bits of paper all over the floor. And then I realize it's the cat litter. So I go downstairs and somehow the dog, and the cat was outside this entire time, so I know it was the dog. Okay, great. Has somehow like scooped armloads of cat litter, (laughs) like it's all in the hallway downstairs, but it's all the way up the stairs and then it's covering the entire living room no. floor it's like she made several trips scooping up armloads of cat litter and running mouthfuls i don't even know how she did it it was like it was everywhere it was everywhere. so funny i don't know how she did it and then my other beef with animals this week is that i have um we have a cherry tree in our front yard and every year just about when the cherries are ripe a whole flock of birds comes in and just devours all of them yeah clears the tree and this year we have like a whole pile and usually we get like a mediocre amount of cherries so whatever this year it's absolutely covered it's just dripping cherries and they're really good cherries too to be fair though you've lived in this house for like three years and i feel like at no point you have ever been here when the cherries are ripe well that's another (laughs) problem too because we tend to go on vacation right when the cherries ripen but usually like just before they're ripe enough to eat that's when the birds like clear off the tree Mm. so this year I was like there's a ton of cherries actually it's going to be significantly more cherries than we can possibly eat because we picked like two ginormous bowls of cherries and that's like maybe a sixth of the tree oh great I don't know what we're going to do with them all but anyhow like how grandma's tiny little spindly peach tree would produce like Buckets and buckets of peaches. That was Our insane. This year too has got a ton of peaches. She would make like dozens of peach jam jars oh, out of that great. one tree, right? And that's like she you gotta, you know, concentrate a bunch of peaches to do that. And she'd have like, you know, boxes in her pantry full of like hmm. you know, seventy peaches and she'd mark them like on her calendar like pick twenty five peaches today kind of thing, like every day for the whole summer. Well, that I, tree we're gonna was have insane. to like we're gonna have to like pick a bunch of like you know, baby just starting yeah. peaches off of that tree because the tree's gonna fall over. Like it's yeah. breaking branches or like straining. Aren't peaches one of the ones where if you pick the little baby fruits before they're formed, then it makes the fruit that does develop fully like better and sweeter so. and stuff? I think so. I'm not, I'm not like a botanist, herbology student, Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know things. But yeah, all our fruit is crazy. But anyway, so anyways, the the birds. So I was like. It wasn't a very good method. I was just, like, constantly running out the front door and banging things and saying, Get out of my tree! To the birds. Get the F away from and, that fruit, man. <laughs> hitting, like, things with wooden spoons and mm, stuff like yeah. that. But, you know, they would, like, leave and then, like, like a flock of 50 of them and then whoosh, they'd all come back. As soon as you shut the door, yeah. So, 
I went to like the dollar store and just walked up and down the aisles buying every shiny thing I could see that we would tie in the tree. So our tree looks like a party. Right. There is in it right now, there's four of those, um, you know, like those tassels that you stick in the ends of kids' bicycles? Yes. There's four of those tied in the tree. Magical. Okay. There's two, um, like, my, happy face mylar balloons, because I also looked up and apparently the birds get freaked out by things with eyeballs. Right on. So, eyeball balloons. There's two minion kites in the tree, also because of the eyeballs. <laughs> Minions are the devil's work. <laughs> there are, um, happy birthday decorations because <laughs> they were the only ones I could find that were like holographic. They're like yeah, they're like sort of metal and they're spiral and I thought those would be good. But then they've got a big happy birthday sign at the bottom, so those are hanging in the tree. Well, I just hope that nobody like near our street has a birthday coming up and you distract it's very the actual birthday that's going on oh, with your tree. There's four of, you know, the kids' pinwheels that spin in the yeah. wind. Yeah, yeah. There's four of those tied in the tree. There's a wind chime. Beautiful. It's, but it seems to be working. Pretty magical in there. Cherries now. I noticed and they, you had there some castles out there. It doesn't look as magnificent in the dark at 11 p.m., but. No, but it's. Did you notice. should see it when it's windy. That thing is just like a festival. <laughs> it's pretty neat. It's like a, your <laughs> very own DIY hippie, wacky waving, arm flailing, and flailable tube man. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as a like sort of happy accident, um, my five year old turned six this week, so it was like we decorated the tree for you. And the week before that, our son graduated from high school, so also we decorated the tree for you. <laughs> happy birthday. <laughs> happy um, birthday, happy graduation. <clears throat> um, do you remember years and years ago when she was like a bitty bean, I think like six months old, and we went to the farmer's market and I held her the whole time and then the next day I was like, my arm is gonna die. Oh, yeah. Do you remember, Do you remember what remember? we did yesterday? <laughs> Where I held a baby for like <laughs> two hours and then I woke up this morning and I was like, oh no, it happened again. <laughs> My arm has hurt so bad all day. Because you held a baby yesterday? Yeah. She weighs like 11 pounds. You were very out of shape. I just, I can't do things. You maybe need to get some like hand weights and do some arm curls or something. I throw up if I work out too much. You just do it while you're sitting down. Do like that old lady chair chair size programs that they have on TV where you just like sit in a chair and that sounds do some movements. Terrible. <laughs> but I was like, wow. Yep. This is brutality. And I feel like I should never wield children. Yeah. As I can't carry them oh, for short I, periods of time. And I well, I would just like to say though this was a friend's baby that you held yesterday. Yes for about half an hour and you were sitting in a chair for a good part of it. It was more than half an hour. Well, okay, an hour maybe. And you were sitting in a chair for a good part of it. it Not wasn't, a good part, maybe like 20 minutes. It wasn't strenuous baby I know. or anything. I know, that's why it's like, why does my arm hurt so bad? That's why it was like confusing the first time it <laughs> happened when I went to the friggin' farmer's market with you and I held her for like... I don't know, like an hour maybe. And it was like, this isn't even like strenuous activity. And I'm just like walking around holding a child. <laughs> maybe you should do like push ups against the wall or something like that. Just build I up do a do little that. bit of. That's the thing though. Like, I, I do like calisthenics and I like walk places though. Like, I'm not like ridiculously out of shape. I just like 
I dislocated my clavicle it's a couple of weeks. Too for much for me to do like all at once. Like if I have to hold a kid for like fifteen minutes, I'm good. But if it's like an hour, then I'm dying. <laughs> so, anyways, segues right into our topic today of uh, how to budget and organize your finances. Budgeting time with holding children. Budgeting. <laughs> um. Okay. So got some notes but I wrote them like three weeks ago so I'm hoping I remember what what I was talking about okay so we were going to talk about just like how to how to budget we talked before about setting up bank accounts but this is more like how to um budget on an ongoing basis your your income your outgo all that sort of thing Budgets in the like traditional sense of like laying out a thing on a piece of paper saying I am going to spend three hundred dollars a month on food and I am going to th- don't work. I would say they don't Not really super work. Well. It, it well, it's kind of just like being on a restrictive diet forever. Like it's it's like calorie counting until you die. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which I mean, some people have to do, but it sucks. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you it doesn't. <laughs> but it but it is a good idea to have like a money plan, like a good sense of where your money is going and not just be like oh well there's a hundred dollars in my account right now so i can pay for this and forget mm. that oh yeah there's eighty dollars coming out tomorrow to pay for yeah something I've, else. I've always heard the thing of like if you can't afford to buy something twice then you can't actually afford to buy it mm. that's a good one i'd like you know if you if you can if you have 45 dollars in your account and this costs 39.99 then you can't really afford it yeah. you know yeah. so a good sort of way to start is to track every single penny you spend for a week is a good starting point. If you can, this is kind of a, it's a hard job to, a hard thing to do because it's hard to remember, but if you can do it for two weeks, it's, it's a good idea. I have news for you, woman over the age of 40. Most people my age and younger only ever use debit cards and don't ever carry cash. No, so you don't have to, I'm talking all of about this stuff is all of your stuff is electronic though like it you all have you okay, have all well, your statements you on the bank and do that, and stuff. but i'm saying like you know even if you carry a piece of paper and a pen around with you and you're like put fuel in the car 39.98 mm. bought a pack of gum which you might pay cash for 88 cents you write that down yeah but that's the thing a lot of people that i know don't ever carry cash they never have it in the first place they just have their card that's fine if you use your debit card then you can go through and track all the stuff mm-hmm. if you use a mix of debit and credit and cash or whatever sounds like a nightmare okay, okay. but people do do that <laughs> i know i know they do do that i'm saying that i don't because okay <laughs> well, okay what if you just wanted to buy a pack of them i would use my debit card really really i almost never have cash on me okay it's like a buck you'd use a debit card i almost never have cash on me i would just not buy the gum if i didn't have my debit card hmm. all right i i literally don't ever have cash like where am i gonna put a loony i don't have like a wallet on me i have my debit card in my pocket a lot of people, like, have their debit cards, like, on those little sleeves on their phones now, and yeah. that's what they carry around, their phone and their debit could, card strapped to it. If you've got it. a debit card in your pocket, you could also put a loony in your pocket. But that's, like, heavy. <laughs> and I'm a woman. Have you seen the pockets they make on our pants, man? <laughs> I'm not doing that to myself. Have you seen the size of my purse? Yeah, have you seen that I have pounds? never once in my life carried a purse? <laughs> okay. Anyhow. <laughs> Regardless of how you spend said money be it cash, debit, credit, etc. Well, I, I don't think there's anything else other than those three. Okay, but anyways, the thing terrible. is, if you can do it for two weeks, mm. that's great. But if you even to just to do it for one, it's keeping track of every single thing you spend 
and going back and looking over it because most people will find that there is something that they are spending money on that they don't realize that they are spending that much on mm. and it's lots of times it's kind of referred to as the latte factor and like financial books and stuff like that mm. doesn't have to be your coffee but it's just the thing of like that's just a common example you know you go to starbucks every morning and buy your five dollar coffee or whatever five dollars <laughs> they're like eight now right. well what else but anyways i'm just saying that it it not necessarily that maybe you look at it and you realize like oh my gosh I didn't realize I was spending $30 a week on magazines or whatever right whatever the thing is and it also doesn't mean you have to give that thing up if you if it's something you really love and is meaningful in your life that mm-hmm. you really thoroughly enjoy that cup of coffee every like morning I spend that you buy or whatever probably an obscene amount of money on yarn <laughs> but I really enjoy knitting <laughs> like that's something I budget in it's not like oh man, I'm smoking nine packs a day of cigarettes and that's really adding up, you know? like. Well, but it's a thing, right? Like, it's just to be aware. It's just to be aware. Mm-hmm. And you could look at the, the thing and be like, yeah, I realize I'm spending a ton of money on yarn and I'm fine with that. But there's usually, people will see on there that, wow, I didn't realize I was spending so much on whatever your yeah. your X factor is, right? And Socks, so, whatever. Whatever, whatever the thing is. Doritos. So... <laughs> It's just sort of looking at that and seeing, actually getting a good idea of where your money goes. And then the second part of that is laying out your your fixed expenses. Your rent, your utilities, you know, your Netflix, your whatever. And seeing what those are. And it this just gives you a map of everything of where your money's going. And you can also look to and then see what's fixed and what's flexible. Like, everything is flexible to an extent. Say you're paying whatever a thousand dollars a month for rent doesn't mean you can't move to a place that you, where you pay 800 right mm-hmm. so there's that um or you could be like well do i really need hulu and netflix or could i just stick with one of the, the other is yes but <laughs> um but you know it's a matter of looking at it and seeing like where it's all going so that mm-hmm. you've got a good sense of where your money is is coming and going when you do it yeah definitely um and another good way to think about it is that when you're working you are trading your time for money so that's like the realest thing when you're like 14 and you get your first job and you like go to buy the first thing with your first paycheck and you're like this is four hours of me working that I'm passing over and like it is such a real experience that you have the first time that you've like actually like physically worked timed out for all of your money and you're like this thing costs sixty dollars and that's about six hours of my time. Is it worth it to get these headphones right now? That's <laughs> like, exactly it's it. It's so ridiculous. It's exactly it. It says it's worth four hours of my time or six yeah, hours exactly. of my time or whatever. So it, it just makes you really like look at it instead of just sort of, you know, running mm-hmm. it out until the money's gone out of your account. And then being caught because you're like, oops, I forgot that. Whatever. My phone bill still hasn't come out of my account. Um, Man, I don't get that. Like, you had a phone for a long time definitely more than a month you know that it comes out every month it's like a surprise for some people it baffles me when people are like oh man i need you to loan me three hundred dollars so i can get my kid a birthday present like it's on the same day every year mate you know that you like you know your mom's birthday is on the same day every year you always have an anniversary halloween comes around once a year (laughs) you know gotta do your taxes like things have kind of a rotation to them surprises a lot of people okay and then another thing i wanted to say too is there is something 
been around for a long time called the envelope system. Mm -hmm. And this is just a thing where you know yourself and you know how you are with your money and you might be a person that it's just burning a hole in your pocket till it's gone. You might be a person that's totally good with, okay, I'm setting aside this $500 for half of my rent for the night. You know, you know yourself. But I know people that use this system and have used it for decades and are good with it so what you basically do is after you've kind of you, you've tracked it you know where your stuff is and then you can kind of gauge okay say I spend whatever a hundred dollars a month on fuel for my car and I spend um, three hundred dollars on groceries and whatever you have envelopes in your whatever you carry things in Mira not a purse not your pants apparently <laughs> so You'd have an area backpack if I need to. You know, an envelope that says food, an envelope that says fuel, an envelope that says entertainment, whatever, whatever, right? And you actually, when you get paid, take out those amounts in cash, you divvy them up into your envelopes, and you spend cash. And when that cash is gone, it's gone. It's a lot harder for people to psychologically, to physically hand over cash than to hand over a card. Fair enough. And so it, and seeing that actually seeing that money like deplete in the envelope helps a lot of people to it, it just makes a better connection for them where they can mm-hmm. like see it go and then when it's gone tangibly feeling all of the money and being like yeah this is real money in my hand rather than like looking at a number and being like mm, yeah bummer <laughs> exactly and then like you know when that food envelope's empty looks that, like you're living on peanut butter that's until your next paycheck exactly so um oh i know and i wanted to talk to you about chart that I sent you. So this is just so interesting. Um, This is from a book that I just read called The Latte Factor. David Bach is the author and he's right so he's right so he's American so you know but the theories are the same but he's written a few financial books and they're easy to read easy to understand and pretty informative layman's terms yeah okay so he's got this chart and anyways if you started at age 15 mm-hmm. and you invested three thousand dollars a year in something that earns 10 percent mm-hmm. for the years of 15 16 17 18 and 19 and then did nothing else when you retired at 65 you'd have 1.6 million dollars there's change also but you know i'm just rounding right on if you then instead started at age 19 and put $3,000 away for eight consecutive years, so starting at 19, ending um, after the age of 26, mm-hmm. and same thing, did nothing else, you'd have $1.5 million when you hit 65. If you instead started at age 27 and put $3,000 a year in, and did it every single year, that $3,000, until you hit 64. No, sorry, even including age 65, you would have $1.3 million. So it just shows like the amount, uh, how much time is on your side and compound interest is on your mm. side, how much yeah. less you have to do if you can start that early and just plunk it in, chunk it away, be done with it, you're set for retirement. If you start later, it's a whole lot more and a lot longer that you end up having to put in. Um, in the so I, it's just got a thing here saying like in that first example of starting at fifteen and just having to do it for five years, mm-hmm. that's a hundred and two thousand less that was actually put into it, but you end up with almost three hundred thousand more. 
Right on. So it's pretty crazy. And then people are like, well, show me something that earns 10%. Okay, so if you... <laughs> I will. Right, so. I will do just that. So there are a few ways you can you can earn 10% doing that. Um, if you are want to check out uh, signing up for an online um, brokerage, low-cost brokerage, like uh, Qtrade, Questrade, there's a few of them out there that... All right. Weird that those both start with Q. I wonder if that means anything in the financial world. Don't ask questions. <laughs> but anyhow, an easy-peasy way to start is... Open up a bank account with Tangerine. Mm -hmm. They have got um, a mutual fund on there that I'm kind of getting going to get into stuff, but acts like an ETF, which is an exchange traded fund, which is a fund of funds that trades on the stock exchange. So basically, what you're getting when you when you put your money into that is instead of buying like stock A, you're buying a group of, say, I don't know how many are in this particular one, but let's just say there's 80. Some of them have like 50 different things, some of them have thousands, like 8,000 different things, which gives you um, a much better opportunity to sort of balance out when some things are up, some things are down, mm -hmm. that kind of thing, right? Yeah. And historically, the stock market goes up about 10% a year. It'll go up and down over time, but it'll average out to about 10% a year. Um, and this thing with Tangerine, which is called the Equity Growth Portfolio, uh, averages around 10%. You pay, you do pay a little uh, fee of 1.07% annually, I believe it is. Um, but still, you're getting in that ballpark. Mm -hmm. The other thing you could do is do a, um, sign up with a account with a discount brokerage and you can do the same kind of thing on there. There's like Vanguard has one, um, iShares has one, different different companies that do the same thing. The only difference is you're getting it, you're paying lower fees. But to do something that's easy that you could chunk money into, like every paycheck, the Tangerine one's a pretty easy way to set it up and to go. So if you started that when you were, let's say the 19 one, when you, you know, got have a job and stuff, Mm -hmm. If you did that, and you did, you got paid every two weeks, and you put eighty dollars away every two weeks for those, uh, what was it, eight years, eight years, and then did nothing more, you'd retire with a million and a half dollars. Pretty good way to go. Wish Pretty somebody nice. had told me that when I was nineteen. <laughs> you're, you're. We talked in the in an episode before about like putting aside ten percent which is a good, and, and starting with anything is good, even mm -hmm. if you start with 1% or 2%, right? Um, if you want to retire well, like having a good chunk of money, like in the 1 million, 2 million, 3 million range, you, your, your goal, your target to hit is 12.5%, which is the equivalent of about one hour of pay per day. So that's, that's your uh, thing, which is not a terrible amount. Um, okay, and then the other thing that I was going to talk about too is organizing your finances. So you see, people like to file. No, I don't think people like filing cabinets. I think 
people want to like filing cabinets. <laughs> okay. You know, the, the dream system would be you have a little file folder in your filing cabinet for each different thing and you file your papers properly and all that kind of stuff. And I will just tell you I hate filing, personally. And my husband, he's a filer. He is the person that has all things the little and things, separate man. things. Things and things he likes to do. I would shove all my receipts in a drawer. I remember the receipt filing cabinet we had in the old house. <laughs> that Here. little Ikea thing. Yep. <laughs> shoved full. <laughs> yeah. But do you remember my drawer? In, it was in the laundry room. You know that old desk that was in the laundry mm, room yeah, that yeah, I used to fold yeah. clothes on? Mm-hmm that drawer in there that's where I stuck all my receipts mm. okay but it's really actually n not the worst system because <laughs> here's the thing okay if you can do the filing cabinet thing good on you um the other 98% of people <laughs> yeah most people just don't like filing or you end up being like yeah I'll file that later and then you end up with a giant pile of things that you mean to file but you don't that is actually what I would do like once a year, I would take the stuff out of the drawer when the drawer got too full to close. Okay. And I would sort everything out into things. Oh, here's a, and then I would file it all. Ugh. Anyways. I know. Yeah. So, what I have now is a bill book, and what I do with that is I've just got like, you know, a binder with loose leaf paper in it. Mm -hmm. Um. And when a bill comes in, either I get it by email or it comes in the mail or however, you know, the phone bill, say. Yeah. I write it in there. I write, um, uh, here's, you know, the phone bill, phone company, tell us, uh, whatever, $49.63. And I have, like, columns on my sheet. So I've got, like, what the bill is, how much it's for, when it's due. Mm. That's my what I fill in right away. Then when I go to pay it, I write the date I paid it, how much I paid, and the reference number, like when I pay it on the computer, right? So yeah. just in case anything goes sideways, I can say, uh, no, here's my reference number. Um, actually? <laughs> yeah. It's a good way to, I find, to, for me to organize because it's not onerous in terms of filing because I just won't do it. Yeah, and uh, if I take that out, like, say, once a week, I'm never going to be in the situation where, I, okay, I shouldn't say never because it has happened, where I forget to pay a bill. Because it's, it's dumb. It is dumb to have the money sitting in your account and you just actually forget to pay the bill. And you're yeah. affecting your credit score and you're getting yeah. a, a bad mark against your name and all that kind of thing just because you forgot. If there's bills you can set up to pay automatically out of your account, mm -hmm. it's a good way to go as long you as, you're, yeah. as you're planned enough that you've got the money in the account to take the bill, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a matter of same thing of laying out, knowing what's coming in, what's going out, when it's happening and all that kind of yeah. stuff. You can mark on your calendar, like, you know, uh, car payment comes out this day, phone bill comes out this day, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. you have, you can visually see the map too. Um, then what I do is once the bill is paid, I, you know, mark my stuff down on my sheet and I move that bill in my binder from the to be paid section to the paid section. I also have other things in that binder where I put in like my pay stubs and I just put the newest one at the front or the back, whichever. Um, things that are to do with like my income taxes that I'm, I know I'm going to need for next year's tax return. Um, what else do we put in there? That kind of stuff. And then what I do at the end of the year is I buy another binder. I write 
the year on that one and I start over so you can either like you know take out the if there's stuff you're gonna carry over like I don't know whatever other information that you have in there mm -hmm. you can take out those sections that are you're done with like paid bills pay stubs um, you know things like that put them in the new binder write the year on the end of it file it away after seven years you can turf that because that's how long yeah you should keep hold on to stuff that you may need to um, you, can, you can get audited for up to seven years yeah by um, by the government so it's just stuff that you want to hang on to and then after seven years you can ditch the binder and so it's not too too whatever but really if you don't want to do anything with it and you put stuff everything in a box and you just throw it it's kind of organizing itself by time, right? Yeah, it's chronological order. It's chronological order, and at the end of the year, you can write the year on that box and shove the box away. And same thing, you know, after seven years, you can have the box. The things that I would, what I would recommend, though, is just going to, like, Walmart or something and buying a fireproof lockbox that you keep in your house. And the stuff that I would keep in there is things like seven years of your tax returns, just because in case you need to go back with that with the government. Yeah. Documentation like, um, you know, your birth certificate, stuff like that. It's also a good idea to do color photocopies of things like um, all your credit cards, your passport, um, other identification and stuff like that in case your purse gets stolen or your house gets robbed or whatever. It's a whole lot easier to be able to phone and say my passport got stolen and here's my passport number. My yep. credit card got stolen. Here's my credit card number. And just photocopy the stuff as you get new ones. Add that to the file. Mm -hmm. um, so those things that would really be a huge pain in the butt if your house burned down and everything got, yeah. you know, just have it. You don't need like a, you can get those things for, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 bucks. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a big, you know, thing, organized thing even just to have it in there in a, in a, um, a separate safe place that'll never get destroyed. Um, so basically with all that, you just want to have yourself organized enough that there's no surprises, you know where you stand with everything, with everything. Mm -hmm. If you go to apply for like a loan, a mortgage or whatever, and they pull up your credit score, there shouldn't be any surprises on there unless you've been like hacked somewhere and somebody's stolen your identity or done something, you know, that you don't know about. There shouldn't be anything on there where you're like, what? Yeah. I owe the electric company $400? How I bought a car in 2013. Yeah. Uh, it, you should know. You should know, good or bad. You should have a, a good idea of what's on there and what it is. Probably. <laughs> and, um, and just, um, yeah, and try not to, like, just try and paste up on time. Yeah. It's, it's a little... Thing, but it is important there's stuff that gets reported for your credit report that even if you're like five you pay your phone bill every month but you're always about five days late that does get recorded and it's just one of those things that it's it's unnecessary right if you're yeah. trying to buy a car or whatever it's just one little thing that's unnecessary if you've got the money there to just pay it so anyways overall be organized have your stuff written down, whether you put it on a calendar, whether you put it in a bill book. Um, file it in a way that you will do. It doesn't have to really make sense to anybody mm. else. It only needs to make sense to you, and just in a way that you'll actually do it. If you're not a person that's going to use file folders, don't 
don't use file folders. You use a binder, use a box, um, and just write the year on it at the end of the year and start a new box. Um, Sounds good. Yeah. And keep things under control. Questions, concerns, comments? Mm. I feel like I, my only thing is don't be that guy that's like, halfway into the month you're like I spent all my money on alcohol and whatever potato chips now I have no food money for the rest of the month well that's just it now there's this and I need to go pick up antibiotics and I don't have insurance right now Mm -hmm. you know there's like it bugs me (laughs) well and that's the thing it's like it's not it's there's it's not a lot to do with how much you make it's not a lot to do with it's just the planning it's just planning it's just being organized and it's really just saying okay i'm just going to organize this and you can probably figure out what system is going to work for you and have it set up and ready to go really what an hour ish yeah depending on what what way you're going to go with things right Mm -hmm. if you're if you're a file folder person then have at and you know have it. that'll take you maybe a couple hours to set everything up and stuff like that and get it organized but then just just decide that you're going to do it and be consistent with it mm-hmm. and um if it's stuff that automatically comes out of your account that you've got set up for like whatever student loan car loan your phone bill whatever just keep a calendar and write it down here's the date that it comes out every month so that you know that that $300 is going to disappear out of your account tomorrow and mm-hmm. don't go blow it on something because then you put yourself in a bind and you're like, oh, I forgot about my whatever. And it happens a lot. It happens all the time. And I people know, are in people dire like, straits. Totally forget about it. And it's like, I forgot about my car insurance. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. So it's just deciding you're going to do it and doing it and being organized mm-hmm. about it. And, and knowing where the money's coming in, when it's coming in, where it's and where it's going to. And how much you can blow on potato chips. Monster energy drink. Find out your latte factor. And it, yeah, oh, and that's the other thing, I guess. If you're looking for, like in terms of, you know, this, the chart I was referring to with the $3,000 a year, which is a little less than $80 every two weeks, if you're getting paid every two weeks. That latte factor is a good place to look at to see where money is going unnecessarily. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, they that's a, a common example because people do eat out, I think, more than they think they do. It mm, doesn't have yeah. to be a whole meal out or a whole... It's a muffin. It's a coffee. It's a chocolate bar. It's a... You got a scone at Starbucks. Exactly. Yeah. It's all those little, you For know, sure. 5 to $10 things that might end up being... And you, you know, you look at it all and you're like, oh my gosh, I spend like $20 a day on all these little snacky things that I buy mm-hmm. out. And even just like people that don't register that like the $12 they're spending at Subway every lunch hour when they're mm-hmm. at work five days a week is yeah. like adding up, you know? Yeah. And until they're like presented with like the $600 bill and they're like, mm, yeah, <laughs> I well, eat a lot of sandwiches. <laughs> and the thing is, people that think they can't come up with $80 every two weeks and then you actually keep track of where all your money goes it's like yeah, it goes somewhere yeah i could come up with if i decided not to eat at subway every day that's easily you know i mean that's less than ten dollars a day so yep. 
it's just just seeing where the money goes and is there a change you want to make and if there's something that you really love nobody's saying you have to cut it out it's just knowing knowing what's what and what's where um mildly related on like latte factor and budgeting kind of um i follow this page that's like planetary budgeting and like zero waste kind of stuff like how can we do the best kind of thing and like environmental environmental okay when you said planetary i thought you meant like stars okay (laughs) planetary okay (laughs) good um but recently apparently a corona developed like screw together cans so like instead of the six pack rings where they're trying to develop ones that like biodegrade and are compostable or like you can feed them to fish or whatever else Mm -hmm. they just have like screw in like what would you call those losing the word for it right now threads like threads on the inside of the can so that you can screw them all together in like a stick kind of so that you can build your own pack and it can be like a four pack or an eight pack or a six pack or a 12 pack or whatever and apparently you can stack up to like 10 or 12 cans together before it like you know becomes unwieldy i guess <laughs> you're carrying but around it's like, a pig but it's like this pole is a weapon <laughs> but it's like a pretty innovative idea of like no six pack rings and like even then like if you screw them together in the store like you you can go get eight beers and screw them together four and four and not get a bag like that's that's true. pretty you revolutionary like yeah, wizard sticks man do you remember, have you ever was that a thing when you were a teenager <laughs> where you would like go to a party and people would like bring a six-pack or whatever and then they would drink one and then when they started the next one they would like duct tape the new can on top of the other one and then keep building up the stick with duct tape no. cans together and no, whoever built the biggest wizard stick is the winner <laughs> the wizard staff <laughs> you'll know who the winner is by the guy who is lying on the floor and can't speak and he's in a with the big ass wizard stick his, next to him <laughs> <laughs> but i mean it just thought it was fun you know yeah. the screw together cans and that is cool interesting all right do you have anything more to add my knitting community banned Donald Trump. <laughs> Good for them. Oh, did you see that the yarn store is shutting down? Yeah, I did. I knew that actually because mm-hmm. I get emails from Lynn. Kind of sad. I like her. She's yeah. nice. But she was like, we're having like a 60% off sale in like the next couple of weeks. You should come buy like a lot of yarn. And I was like, I'll do that. <laughs> I will do that. But uh, my knitting uh, pattern site recently changed their policy around politics and i don't know if you okay wait a second your knitting pattern site has a policy regarding politics they do and they changed it and it was like we cannot provide a space that's inclusive for all and also support for open white supremacy support of the trump administration is undeniably support for white supremacy and like changed their policy and it's like big news apparently like i saw it on my knitting page and i was like oh like you know that kind of makes sense like no antifa patterns in the knitting <laughs> like whatever <laughs> and i just carried on with my day and then like a couple hours later i get like an alert on my phone for like the biggest news story of the day kind of thing and it's like knitting community bans trump and i'm like oh dang this is apparently a big deal <laughs> i am just trying to still wrap my head around the fact that the knitting community has 
political policies because it just seems like... I just think it's funny that it seems really Trump-specific because, like, a couple of years ago, I very clearly remember saving a pattern for a tank top with, like, that three-tone Obama poster on it. The, like, mm, yeah, yeah. we can do it or whatever it was. Yeah. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. The <laughs> Bob the Builder. Um... <laughs> But uh, I remember saving a pattern for, like, a tank top that had that poster on the front, and I remember seeing, like, a bunch of other ones where it's, like, here's a tote bag pattern, here's a pillow pattern, like, you know, here's a blanket with Obama's poster on it kind of thing, but it's, like, their new policy is no Trump, not no politics. <laughs> so I'm, like, is the Obama tank top still we'll on there? make America <laughs> great again tank tops in our knitting But community. it's, like, they're going into, like, really specific things of, like, you can t- still participate if you support Trump. We just don't want you talking about it. We don't want to see it on your page. We don't want your profile picture to say it. We don't want you posting any patterns about it. Don't post in the forums about it. But they were also like, don't goad known conservative people into like voicing their opinions so that you can get them kicked off. Kind don't of thing. poke the bear. Like, don't, <laughs> don't do that, which I thought was kind of funny. And they were also like, um, we're not banning conservative politics because hate groups and intolerance are different from other types of political positions. And I was like, D, <laughs> jeez. The the T in the knitting community is piping hot this week. <laughs> it's just so funny to me because, like, it escalated so quickly. I was like, oh, change in policy. No Trump. And I was just kind of like, who's making, like, make America great again doilies? Like, is that a thing? Kind of thing. And I just kind of, like, laughed and carried on with my day. And then a few hours later, it's, like, biggest news story. Knitting community. (laughs) Ousts Trump supporters. And I'm just like, jeez. That's how my day was spent mostly just keeping up on that drama. (laughs) I I like that I see things here that say Canada's already great on red baseball hats. Mm -hmm. Yep. Makes me I like the uh, Make America Gay Again and like exactly the same thing. So you gotta look a little closely to like see it, you know? It's like the red hat with the white writing and the same font That's and everything. Funny. So you gotta look closely to tell, but apparently like some guy like almost got jumped and then they like saw the hat and they were like Wait, what? Oh, okay. okay no, <laughs> like carried on kind of thing. <laughs> Cause they're like, no no, it's for pride kind of thing, right? And then <laughs> So I guess to summarize, organize your finances and don't knit Trump slogans on your doilies. <laughs> Maybe not. Okay. All right. I guess that's it for us. Have a lovely day. Yeah. Good talk. Good talk. Thanks.